0: video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch
1: when. You Hello, want watch. my name's is Josslyn McClure. I'm here today with Mark Hansen, and you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through all this week's notable Blu-rays and DVDs. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that your Certainly, new tagline? Yeah, I'm gonna put that in there. I want people to get now. like T-shirts that say like, <laughs> Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. More people need to throw that around.
1: So this week we start with Possession. Oh, it's a big one.
0: It's a big one, folks.
1: Uh Possession being the I'm gonna butcher his name on. Andrej Zulowski movie? Yeah, I've always said Andrej Zulowski. <laughs> yes. Okay. Zulowski. I you're think we're, i are You're a fan of right. this director? Um, yeah, I am. You have to be if you're a film nerd. Of
0: course, of course. Um, I mean, I, I think the funny thing about this movie is, I mean, this movie has gotten so big, I think, in the last, like, decade plus, mm-hmm. right? I feel like at one point it was kind of, like, considered a small sort of, like, European arty horror movie. And now it's huge, right? Like, there's a- For the last least, 10 years. For the last much. 10 years, it's just gotten bigger and bigger. But- do People really know Andre Żuławski or the rest of
1: his filmography other than Possession. I mean, Possession. Oh, the rest of his filmography. No. Yeah, that's there. <laughs> like not.
0: most people, uh, you know, love Possession, but still, Andre Żuławski seems like a little bit of an undiscovered. His talent, movies
1: keep you know? coming out, though. Kino do. put Kino's out a bunch. Put out a
0: bunch, and I think that's because of how big this one's gotten. But yeah, I, I definitely like him. I haven't seen all of his films either, so I can't say I'm like an aficionado. So but you're asking,
1: do seen, people like, know his film? Because I, like. I don't. I don't. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, but I've seen a few his other ones and I really like them as well but they're uh, obviously not horror themed at all but they do have that really sort of abstract abrasive kind of quality to them. But
1: Mark you're cutting into or Umbrella is cutting into the business of the company that exists only to distribute his films. Yes well so
0: Possession if you know was released briefly on Blu-ray about a decade ago, by a company called Mondo Vision, which I don't think exists anymore, right? I, and are they, they still around? Did I they, think can they, you still go to their website and get their stuff. <laughs> well, I think they only existed to put out his films, right? Like, did they put out anything else? No, they only Sommaso? put out his films. Yeah, right. And they put out really nice editions of his films, and like a nice, uh, a lot of them they just did DVD, but they had really nice box sets for them. Possession, in particular, did get a Blu-ray release, and it was this really expensive, like velvet. It was like two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. right? We got, I think like three or four copies in here. I remember I just started working here at the time and they went like so fast and we couldn't get any more. It was like out of print instantly. And since then, I don't know how that transfer was or anything. It's just been completely out of print. We've just had our shoddy old DVD rental copy that is always out. And I'm surprised somebody hasn't. Stolen it or cracked it at this point. <laughs> but now it's finally on Blu ray and it's uh, perfect timing because it is touring now um, in th- uh, theatrically. But this is
1: North not America. the 4K restoration. So that's, that's the
0: question here because yeah, no, it's it, definitely not. It's not, right? Yeah. But it
1: still looks good yeah. from what I see. It's yeah, one of those 4K K restorations in, so. that's like, uh, we just want to tour it. Right? Yeah. So we're just going to say, you know, oh, it's a new restoration. It's yeah. a 4K. It's never been in 4K.
0: So in all honesty, this very well could get a North American. It definitely will. I'm thinking Kino. Oh, you think Kino? Are they the one that are touring it? Metrograph is the one that's touring it. They have the deal with Kino. Kino, So I think that's going to come out. But we still sold a ton of these. And Umbrella is still a fantastic company, obviously. Australian label. And there's still a bunch of special features on this. So yeah, tons of special features. Not bad. And it's not that expensive.
1: I think they ported over all of the stuff that was on the Mondo Vision set. And I think there's a few other things as well. Yeah including the U.S. cut. Oh, no, just uh, a featurette. On the U.S. cut of Possession, you don't get the whole thing. I don't. It's think. It's funny to me
0: they like have a huge spoiler on the back cover too. They they just show the like the final sort of like shocking image. Well, that's what they want. I that's mean, what that's what they want. want. I mean, I guess you probably know what this movie is at this point, so you are expecting that. But I don't know. I'm excited to. I you know I might hold off for a bit, see if there is a North American release coming down the pipeline. But people are hungry for Possession because we just got this in a few days ago, and we're already like almost sold out of our, 30 copies. Of
1: and movie. are you like, please, we have other Zelasky films that aren't selling. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> more <Lamour>, Brock, anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: no, he's great though. I really
1: like him. <laughs> I really like him. I haven't like seen him. any films yeah, though, except for
0: Possessions. So. <laughs> I've seen a few. I've seen a few.
1: So next up, we have L.A. Story, the classic Steve Martin film. <laughs> the classic. <laughs> and wait, it's this week's Blind Box. <laughs> Getting into it early this episode. Okay. And I picked it because I don't know. I haven't seen it. Steve Martin. <laughs> he's amusing,
0: right? You know what? I think after watching this movie, I find Steve Martin irritating. <laughs> really? Intensely irritating. Written by Steve something. Martin, too. I know. Steving Martin. This is a passion project for him, right? And um, I know it's just what it's kind of a cult film, a little bit, I would uh, say. I confused seems like it, it with a...
1: Roxanne. I was like, is this I Roxanne? Don't
0: know. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, not. I've never tip. seen that one either. Um,
1: it's about the crazy life in LA. As long it. as you're white,
0: <laughs> yeah, and rich, and rich. Doesn't it feel like there were a ton of these kind of like, yes, surreal, in the surreal portraits of LA? I mean, Wild Palms, right? We yep. talked about that. I mean, which
1: is far better. That was Bruce Bedford, the writer, bread and butter. And you also see in L.A. Story, some of the art, like the famous L.A. art of like looking in the pool. I don't remember what that yeah. artist's name
0: is. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what that <laughs> artist
1: name is either. I know exactly what you're talking about. But then. you know what? I'm going to say right off the bat that I uh, chuckled through L.A. Story because it does have some <laughs> Zazz-style energy zazz. too. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen, this is a movie I'm, I'm going to say,
0: yeah, I, I didn't really like this movie. I mean, I see what you mean, and I think for the first 20 minutes or so, I was kind of feeling it. I yeah. thought this was kind of amusing. I thought... Steve Martin wasn't irritating me that much yet. Um, But he's old, he's rich. He's just old and rich. And it is, you're right. It's just like kind of a boomer white person's perspective
1: of, look, wacky L.A. He gets to fall in love and have sex with Sarah Jessica Parker.
0: And that's the problem with me. Like eventually just turns into like your typical sort of like old white guy as like two hot women chasing after him for some (laughs) reason. (laughs) Um, and I, I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, it is full of cameos of, you know, Chevy Chase shows up, Woody Harrelson shows up. It's fun to spot the cameo, but like, I feel like the player did this like way better. I mean, that's more movie industry related, but like the whole time I was watching it, I just thought, uh, the the player is a much better sort of version of this or wild palms or Mm -hmm. a handful of other things. Well, Mark, you're wrong. This is getting a special
1: edition. It is.
0: Yeah. It's never been on Blu-ray before
1: deleted scenes and outtakes uh, Well, Mick Jackson's L.A. stories, so that's the director, I guess. The story yeah. of L.A. story, the L.A. of L.A. story. L- listen to that humor right there on the
0: back, oh, right? God. Did you look up Mick Jackson's No. That's nah, fairly uneventful, but he did make Volcano.
1: Oh, you're a big fan of Volcano, Another, another right?
0: great L.A. movie right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I had probably more fun uh, with this than Mark, but I can say that by the end, I'm like, all right, let's go. Because yeah. it's not even like satirical in like a takedown way. It's like, isn't L.A. wacky? Yeah. It's it's- like Yeah. If you're rich. He loses his job and then just gets another job at the same place. Yeah. It's like, what the right? fuck? <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, clearly this was a passion project for him. He wrote it. <laughs> You're really I think putting he, it down as a passion well, project. Well, they right? said he spent like seven years on the script, like tweaking it everything. <laughs> and everything. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> but you can tell, right? It's it's whack. It's mm-hmm. it's the kind of like movie that like a famous person gets to make. That's a little offbeat when they get enough clout, right? It wasn't Mark's offbeat enough mm. for me. Yeah. And... A lot of the humor just was kind of stale at a certain point. <laughs>
1: but, <laughs> you didn't like the part where they took money out of the banking machine and then there was a lineup of robbers they had to yeah, get? Yeah, I them. mean, that was kind of, they have some good site uh, guys. That's what I mean, zaz guy. style guys. Yeah, there, there
0: definitely are some good site guy. I wouldn't say it's terrible. And it, it has a good look and a, a cool kind of vibe.
1: What about it, the right? scene it's where he goes funny. and picks up his date and she's playing the tuba and yeah. then he, she goes, duh, 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 and then she answers the door. She's like, oh, give me a second. She closes the door and you hear duh, duh. comedy gold. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind that. <laughs> it made me check. I'll, I'll it's just fucking that. rich Steve Martin chuckle. with his rich people. I don't know problems. what it
0: is about Steve Martin. He just bothered me in this. And I never really felt one way or the other about him. Mm-hmm. My partner never liked him and always thought he kind of like seemed like an asshole. And I was <laughs> I'm like, sure he is. And I was like, nah, I don't know, I don't really care. But then watching this movie, I'm like, he does kind of seem like an His asshole. His biography
1: to me. is so depressing. Is the one it? That he wrote. <laughs> yeah, it's like he like my father never loved me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so
0: that's why he's an
1: asshole. I guess. <laughs> Can I give a firm recommendation to
0: this? Not really. <laughs> Are you gonna recommend? I mean, it's always been a popular rental for us. It's for some reason it's so always. So if you're renting, over
1: 45 so... years old.
0: I think that's what it is. You know, I, I think it's for a certain, you know, if you were a certain age at that time, it probably seemed like a really radical film or something. Mm-hmm. It's not that radical, though. No. It just seems kind of dated now, too. Yeah, it's not radical right.
1: like Rad or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Come on. No, this is definitely an end of history film. It it's is. It's like we don't have any problems to worry about anymore. Yeah, but... exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. moving on, we have Edmund. I th- we haven't talked about this on this podcast. I feel, I feel like, like we it.
0: must have mentioned this at some point, but it's on Blu ray for the first time. That would be the uh, adaptation of David Mamet's play done by Mr. Stuart Gordon.
1: Good man, David Mamet, right? Good no man, David problem Mamet. There. Nope. Uh,
0: <laughs> definitely Not a Republican asshole or anything, but uh, I I will admit I love David Mamet. Growing up, I was obsessed with David Mamet. When was the turn? When Um, you probably heard him talk about his politics? I don't even think I have even turned on him.
1: I think I just. (laughs) No. I think I just have not read well, enough interviews with some no i know
0: well i mean i don't know if i ever liked him as a person i just mm-hmm. liked his work mm-hmm. and then i think he just stopped kind of making things that But is isn't it an issue in, when you watch so.
1: what's that william h macy one where it's like him in a dialogue with oh, Yeah, you
0: know what that's the one i've never seen for some reason I well
1: because it is with him like beating yeah him. i know and it's like ah it's satirical I think that's and then you're like oh not yeah. anymore
0: <laughs> that's of, like the neil labute like in the company of men that's right you know um but i i don't know i mean yeah he's an awful person you can And it probably shows through in a lot of his films. He's got a flair for writing. Yeah, of course I've seen Edmund. Uh, And I quite liked it. And I think the pairing Uh, does end
1: with some gay panic jokes at the end. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while (laughs) since I've seen it. So
0: yeah, I remember that. Um, I actually read the play of Edmund first because I was just going through a phase where I was reading his stuff. And I really loved the play. So I was interested to see the movie, and I thought the pairing with Stuart Gordon was actually pretty interesting. It does bring kind of a horror vibe to it.
1: Stuart Gordon had directed some David Mamet stuff way before he started making movies. Oh, really? So they had a relationship already, Oh, and that's how they went into this one. Yeah, like William H. Macy's great. It's a deeply, deeply unpleasant film. Oh, yeah,
0: but I mean the play is deeply unpleasant too, and I remember it contains a lot of – racial epithets and stuff that you're you know he he always walks a fine line uh, but look at this cast i mean apart from william h macy i mean you get oh wow i just noticed this they misspelled joe Mantegna's name <laughs> on the front cover of this dvd it's what joe, do you mean joe Mantegna? Joe Joe Mantegna. um okay but apart from that we've got mina suvari denise richards love of my life Bokeem Woodbine and Julia Stiles.
1: Yeah, Denise, Denise Richards doesn't have a very big part. Like no, right? she gets killed. I mean it is a very
0: makes... yeah, cuz it's an episodic type movie about just this, you know, disaffected white businessman guy who kind of takes this nighttime odyssey. Kind of like Eyes Wide Shut or something if it was like just more kind of nasty and brutal. Um, I don't know. I, I like it. I mean, yeah, there's probably some offensive stuff in it. So and I haven't seen it since it came out, but I really liked it at the time.
1: Blue collar, eyes wide shut.
0: Yeah, basically. Basically.
1: So moving on, we have Highway Hitcher. I love films about hitchhikers and <laughs> <laughs> or highways. Have you ever seen the one with it's Mark Hamill and um, who's the American ninja? Oh,
0: Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff, yeah. It's like no, Michael Dudikoff just...
1: is chasing a psychotic. It's really fun, you know, and it's all it like is. colored lighting, and it takes place that over one night. Great. Yeah, I don't think it ever came to DVD. Yeah, I don't think so. That sounds it like, weird, like something weird, like Midnight though. Highway or something right, like that. Right. Got Highway in there. <laughs> but somewhere. this is not that movie. This, this is, is not. One starring the great William Forsyth and James LeGro and, whoa, Jamie
0: Kennedy. And Jamie Kennedy. Uh, yeah, another great cast here. And this is another MVD, really. MVD marquee is just going. Oh, boy. MVD releases. marquee. Uh, Watch out. Yeah. So this was a movie I'd never really heard of. It also goes by another title, The Pass, which is what you'll probably more commonly find it on, even in the crowd credits on this it's called The Pass so I don't know where Highway Hitcher came from it's like they thought like oh the hitcher's taken well we'll just call it Highway Hitcher I guess um this is like a 90s straight to video kind of staple I kind of remember seeing the cover as a kid not very good not very good uh, and it's definitely part of that's that whole wave of '90s neo noir film, in, I do in, like those indie neo noirs that were so big. They made so many of these. So gods. many. Like every independent filmmaker in the '90s had to make a what a started it. I mean, even Body Heat came out in the '80s. So I it mean, wasn't the 90s. David Lynch was kind of trafficking in that mm. sort of in the '80s. I mean, The Last Seduction
1: was, was that made, big enough it. to warrant all the neo noirs that we got. <laughs> was it John Dahl, like with uh, like Red Rock West? Yeah, but he like also that. did Last Seduction and
0: Last Seduction. Yeah. I think it's John Dahl. Like, okay, yeah, if I have Those big
1: financial hits, were they? I think
0: the last seduction was a big <laughs> indie hit. People are right? like, we
1: love Peter <laughs> Berg. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> and then there just seemed to be so many. Anyways, this one, this one's got a bit more of a surreal kind of vibe to it. William Forsyth plays down on his luck gambler guy whose wife breaks up with him. He's like, a lot, and so he takes a trip to Reno and. It kind of has, I feel like we've talked about Motorama recently too, but it has another vibe like Motorama where he just gets into surreal adventures on the way, which I thought was interesting at first. So I was actually kind of with it. It's got some weird editing style. But then it just turns out to be really ordinary. Like the twist is he's just being like conned in a super like standard film noir kind of way. It's Boring. It's just boring. It turns yeah. out to be really boring, even though James Lagro is very entertaining as like the psychotic serial Thursday's
1: killer James Lagro. I love me.
0: I thought about Thursday <laughs> when I was watching it. I love me some James Lagro. If you put him in anything, I will.
1: I will watch it.
0: And Jamie Kennedy, of course. How
1: big is Jamie Kennedy's role? Because
0: this is early. Small. He plays a cop. He he plays like a yeah just a. Road traffic cop. All right. So know. he's got a couple scenes. bad. Skip. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as entertaining as I thought. And also, this DVD, I didn't realize until I watched his it. It full screen. What and the It wasn't heck? even shot in full screen or Ooh, anything. bad so, MVP. I don't know. What's I mean, going on? I guess it was released straight to video. So in the VHS days, it was probably just cropped. But I don't know. You could tell it's kind of like cropped. It's not a very good transfer. So I don't know why they bothered with this. Moving on. Hey,
1: Mark, this seems like one that you picked.
0: Yeah. Very cool documentary coming out this year, uh, this year, this week. Uh, but it's one. <laughs> One of, my, <laughs> one of my favorite films of the year, it's All Light Everywhere, the new documentary from Theo Anthony, who made a movie called Rat Film a few years back, which was about um, Baltimore, kind of like uh, just, yeah, taking like talking about rat problems in Baltimore and making it like basically standard. A for metaphor. A, a metaphor for the larger state of, you know, how fucked up Baltimore mm-hmm. is and crime ridden and how corrupt everything is. It kind of continues with that, but it um, focuses more on police surveillance and body cam stuff and, like, basically who views this stuff and what the perspective is. Very experimental, (laughs) but really, really cool stuff. And what I really like about it is he... For a filmmaker who is white and he's definitely... Filming and dealing with a lot of like black, lower income communities in Baltimore. He definitely interrogates his own perspective in this, which is what I would hope for a movie about perspective and surveillance. So I really like that about it. And it's just fascinating stuff. Definitely check it out. Played at Hot Docs, Sundance earlier this year, Hot Docs. Played at like every festival this year. It's come out probably my favorite doc of the year so it's now on disc it's now on disc it's only dvd unfortunately because it does look beautiful um so i don't know if they're gonna do a blu-ray or not but definitely worth
1: a look. next up we have silo oh man that's yeah. the premise that's right up my uh alley a guy gets trapped in a grain silo Grain silo oh no did you watch it <laughs> I did
0: because I was supposed to potentially review this when it came that in. That
1: is definitely, and hey, my, mark on this. But it
0: was one of those things where, like, I was supposed to, like, watch it and see if it's kind of, like, good enough to, like, fit in. And it's not necessarily, but that premise alone is hilarious. So, <laughs> so not good, but you threw it on the pile. <laughs> because it was kind of a short week. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was a short but week. For some reason, it stuck with me because, yeah, it is exactly what it says it is. It's about. You know, it takes place in rural America, somewhere in farmland country, and it starts off by saying that this is something that happens a lot. Like, yeah, people all, falling into silos, falling into silos, and they get trapped. And you can't—you would think you could just get out, but apparently, if you get trapped in there because of like the suction in there, you can't. If you try, it's like quicksand. Basically, mm-hmm. if you try and get out more, you're just gonna sink down and eventually. Can someone just drop a rope gonna and then pull you, you up? No, you have to like basically get this whole rig. So in this, they basically have to call the fire trucks, paramedics, and you can only get in through the top or whatever. So yeah, basically it plays out like a disaster movie mm-hmm. more or less, but it's just this one guy in a silo and people trying to get him out. I mean, it doesn't really work because it's so earnest. It tries to be this like earnest, like Heartland America kind of portrait of like farmers, you know. Oh, getting country. together and helping But then it also is like, such a cheesy like the disaster movie stuff is so cheesy like the dialogue is like ripped out of like the cheesiest 90s disaster movie so it doesn't really work on any level but i mean i, I still <laughs> but it's not, i still I kind have of notable re- to i still kind of remember it yeah. it's stuck with That's me true. and you know it's a weird oscilloscopes putting it out and they're you know they usually put out pretty arty stuff and for some reason they you know saw something in this so I don't know. It's It looks beautiful. It's got that Terrence Malick kind of like farmland. Is show. it in black
1: and white? It no,
0: it's like, not. It's, no, it's in color. That's in how color. they tried
1: to class it up. By, exactly, like, right? By making the case all like monochrome. Yeah. And be like, oh, exactly. it's an indie film.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know though. I would say like if you like disaster movies at all. You love disaster you could... movies and you did not even like this. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't think it was outstanding or okay. anything. And it wasn't a big enough film that anybody was like, all right, well, we got to cover it, you know. So. <laughs> but we're talking but about it here now. We're talking about it here. Got to give it some. Gotta give it a mention here. All right, let's get positive. Let's get back to some big, get some good stuff here. So
1: we have here the Chinese boxer, the Jimmy Wang Yu film that basically invented the open-hand martial arts cinema. It's a Shaw Brothers picture. Jimmy Wang Yu directed and stars in it. And it is released by 88 Films. And you may be going, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Eighty-eight, 88 films? films in North America. Aren't they a UK company? Well, they are, but now they're making their North American debut. And wait, did this movie come out in the UK? The Chinese boxer? I don't think I'm it did.
0: Sure. I don't know. Did they? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't follow their UK releases enough just because I like, you don't care. Yeah, get them here or anything. But
1: but now they're starting to do some North American stuff, and they're starting with the Shopper movie, probably because they want to get ahead of the Anchor Bay box set that's coming out soon. The Arrow one?
0: Oh, Arrow, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Anchor Bay, Anchor, Anchor Bay doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Oh, they're also doing Gestapo's Last Order. No, thank came out you. This week, too. That's not my big fan of that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but yeah, they've got another martial arts uh, Shaw uh, Sha Brothers one coming out next month to uh, Disciples of Shaolin. Oh, yeah. 30, uh, yeah. Chang
1: That's, that's a, a. No, that's not Chang chi That's Lock Lung. Oh, okay. If it's Disciples of Shaolin, that's an odd one to put out because that's a sequel that's to 36 Chambers. Um, yes. Um, and I believe, yeah, that's the third one, which is a much more goofy one. But I guess but yeah, maybe I that's mean, all they can do. Maybe
0: that's what all they have the rights to in North America so far.
1: How are they um, dueling Shaw Brothers uh, Blu-ray companies at the moment? I like,
0: that's know. very I odd. Know. Yeah. I mean, I assume you're excited for the Shaw Scope box. Oh, box yeah, definitely. Box. I'll be yeah. picking yeah. up from Bay Street. That'll Just- be nice. That'll be nice. <laughs> yeah you can order like 100 and you don't sell like oh we got a lot coming in i think they will sell though i definitely think
1: they'll. so sell. what we have here is the 88 films packets so on new art you get a fold-out poster you get booklet you get a new hd remaster from the negative extras uh <laughs> interviews i'm just gonna read them all again yeah. uh a video essay even the us trailer comes with it so you know it's a package that you would want yeah What's nice to
0: no i'm glad they're breaking into like we're <laughs> you know, are these uk companies
1: breaking into the north america i'm glad they're coming is. so people st- stop asking us about it i know i know right <laughs> every yes, week i'm I sure mean, all like, the time Do you have this release like no it's uk only and if you did bring it in they'd be like it doesn't play on my blu-ray play you know what most people that ask know okay.
0: that and have the player and we just don't have the suppliers. That's all it is.
1: Evangelion's finally coming out on Blu-ray. Bay Street's got the complete series, but not the big limited edition box set. Yeah,
0: so what's the deal with this? This isn't exactly the edition no, people it's want or something? funny
1: because it's called the complete series when it technically is, but it doesn't have – like there's a big box was like a booklet and like uh, a bunch of stuff like that. I'm surprised they didn't offer it to. No, that's all that
0: Show Factory – yeah, gave to us. So, but it's not I that
1: expensive. Know. Oh, wait, actually, I just saw the price. Yeah, it is pretty expensive. Well, it's like 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah, for 50 a bucks. complete series on Blu-ray. Never been on Blu-ray before. Have you actually sold that many of these? A few, yeah.
0: Okay, I now, mean, maybe not as much as
1: I thought because
0: of what yeah, the you're limited saying. Edition yeah, volume. a few people have mentioned that. But, I mean, this is a hallmark of anime, right? Mm-hmm. This is, like, one of the be- biggest ones. Not yeah. that I know. Yeah,
1: all. you're not that kind of nerd, eh? Was there ever a point, a branching path, where perhaps you could have become an anime nerd? I mean, perhaps I was big into
0: Pokemon. It, right? and I liked yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon Everybody did of, like, like Pokemon. See, that's the stuff, thing. Yeah. I didn't go past Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z or Sailor Moon. That's where it started.
1: From. We, as Canadians, got so much Sailor Moon. It so was in syndication. Yeah. It played every day. Oh, in so a much way.
0: fun. So much fun. It's on Tubi. and. <laughs> Rewatching it here and there. It still holds up. It's great stuff.
1: But no interest beyond that. So like, cause this is like
0: another template one. No, I mean, there's certain movies here and there like Satoshi Kon stuff yeah. or like some Studio Ghibli stuff. I'm like a mainstream. Me, <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's just mainstream. From yep. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Ghost in the Shell. It's great. You're used to buying it and putting it out. Uh, ghosts in the shelf. passe. People don't like <laughs> yeah, that anymore. It's thing. It's not cool. Wait, have you seen Akira? I've never seen Akira, oh actually. God. Never seen it.
0: I know. I know I'm bad.
1: I'm and bad. every time you put like another Blu-ray edition that's come out on the shelf, you're yeah. like. One day I will watch it. You
0: will never you know, will I, watch it. I might get into Cowboy Bebop at some point. Really? It's on Netflix too that. so it's very oh, okay, accessible. Okay.
1: Uh, the animated version. Yeah. You know what I found is that, I mean this is going to be uh, very controversial, that if there's an English dub, I like watching English subs, uh more mm-hmm. when anime just because I find it's difficult to pay attention with anime when I know it's like like 100 episodes, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, it's too much for me. <laughs>
0: like, oh, no, I hear that. There. Sometimes you just want to concentrate on the art.
1: Yeah. Too. Especially if it's like really well done dubs. Yeah. Like, Evangelion has famously like really good dubs of it. So oh, okay. I was like, oh, I'll just watch this version. People have said, like, you know, it's always subs before dubs. You want to see the original intent of the filmmakers. And yeah, I agree, but it's just, I can't do long series like this. I, know, <laughs> it's a lot. Like, I just sit there and watch it the entire time. <laughs> Time. I'm like, I'm, I'm just waiting. Yeah. No, that's fine. Uh, super fine. But it, I I was shocked. Shocked because Neon e- Genesis Evangelion was one that I've always wanted to watch and I could never get into it. I was always like okay. three episodes in. And then a couple of months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try watching it with the English dub. And I just watched all of it. That's I was able
0: to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My partner's a big fan. She's more of an, an- or was more of an anime person than <laughs> I was. And this is, she was big into this. Well, this, this is so the ultimate. This is uh, kind of the ultimate I'm a one. depressed I, teenager. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> I feel like I have so many people I knew when I was a teenager watch this The I show understands never me got into it
1: yeah what's really good about this is that it's super depressing there's a super depressing movie that was on this and then they just made four other movies that kind of like rewrote right. the series yeah. and it's much more positive and happy because oh, nice. the director got married and has a normal oh, life so he's, yeah. he's happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. that's nice <laughs> working it through working out through his art so yeah. moving on we have In the Shadow of Hollywood, highlights from Poverty Row. Uh, This is up my alley. This is right
0: up your alley.
1: And this is what I feel like is falling through the cracks because Poverty Row isn't up on the top. So like In the Shadow of Hollywood, what does that mean?
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody really knows what this set is and like Flickr Alley, they don't usually publicize their releases too much.
1: And this is a bunch of movies people don't know anyway. So it's uh, Midnight, Backpage, Woman in the Dark, and The Crimes of Dr. Crespi. And so these are Poverty Row films, so they're about an hour long, made by studios that lasted, uh, according to the booklet one to two films, but I'm really glad they put them all together. They could have easily released these on their own. I mean, people probably be pissed off because they're not that good. But listen, classic movie <laughs> fans—they buy bad movies all the yeah, time, whatever. don't they? Yeah, bro. <laughs> As if that
0: ever stopped anybody from <laughs> buying
1: something. And uh, what's great about this is there's an amazing booklet that comes with it. The films look. Just great, Flicker Alley. I mean, they're oh, pretty they're famous, right? Line, it's Lobster yeah. Films and Black Hawk oh, yeah, and Flicker did. Alley, really and the really Academy good of for. Motion Pictures got together to put this together. And so it's Midnight Backpage, Woman in the Dark. I already said the titles. Why am so I the, saying them again? Just so excited about yeah. it. You're so excited. Are they good though? Have you uh, them? I have watched a few. Woman in the Dark is directed by Phil Rosen, who did a bunch of Bowery Boys films. It's pretty good, and so is the Crimes of Doctor Crespie, which has um, what's his name, uh, Eric von Stroheim in it. Oh, So that's good, too, and it's directed by John Auer, who's someone that I uh, really like, who made a really fun noir called, like, Crimes in the City. But what I'm really excited about is that there's commentary – on all four of the
0: movies, they did. I mean, this is a night. I mean, Flickr Alley always
1: goes. Not small. really, though. You know? I picked up Flickr Alley. It looks I'm like, like they go sixty five dollars. And I look, and I was like, yeah, it's got the movie, but that's pretty much. It. Is this worth the price tag then? Uh, if you're I mean, the you Poverty Row, yeah. yeah, you get four movies, okay. of course, definitely. And again, they're not great, but they're interesting. And mm. once you know the context behind them, and I want more of these kind of box sets. Yeah. If they had put like Poverty Row Volume One. I feel like it would be easier to sell. and People would have known about it. Cause I like mentioned it to uh, my pal, Will Stone. He didn't know it was coming out. Yeah. So it's like, I only know about it. Why did I, cause I looked it up. Cause I looked at the base video list. And I was like, yeah. what the hell's in the shadows of Hollywood? Yeah, the
0: Flicker yeah. alley stuff is always like that too. It's like, they don't, we don't even really get announcements. I just have to like, keep looking at their website to see like what they're going to release. You so
1: know? I guess they're just centered on like the fans that follow them. I, but I follow so. them on Twitter. Yeah. Like what, what the
0: heck? I don't think these they're on Twitter that much.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't think Flickr Alley are Twitter people. I always confuse them. And is there another one called? Oh, not Film Movement. No, yeah, Flickr Alley expensive one. Yeah, <laughs> they're,
0: they're always expensive. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Like, we always have to import them from the U.S. Uh, there's been a few of our, like, domestic suppliers that have talked to us about, like, oh, shit, we're thinking about picking up this label, or we're trying to. And we're like, great, please do. Like the Can't prices you order it so- directly from them? Um, I've tried to get in touch with them. I sent them an email once. Mm-hmm. Never got a response. Yeah. So, just it like happens. Happens, happens, happens all the time. Like they only release, like, one thing a month, maybe, even at that. So, I don't know. And we don't sell a ton of their stuff. Maybe because of the price tag.
1: Oh, ho, ho. What's this? It's Christmas. Saving- oh! It's Christmas. And what we have here is the first Christmas special <laughs> ever. Uh, not ever. ever. Yeah, it <laughs> should never be, this about is the
0: be-all and end-all of Christmas specials
1: here. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So it's too early, it? I guess. It is Piney the Lonesome Pine. <laughs> wow. Only $10? Only $10. Well, it's only like 40 minutes. I know. I checked. So, I yeah, almost picked, like... picked this as our blind buy. <laughs> and then I looked at it I on know. Letterboxd and I was like, oh, no.
0: Yeah. I have not seen this. but <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't watch it. You know, like, Adam, more curiosity the title alone just makes me laugh just makes me laugh so wait when did it come out it says it's recent i think
1: any nominated classic as if i it's mean like i think it's a,
0: I think it's a uk production mm. since you know it's what jonathan price simon, simon pegg, pegg doing and voices in who's it.
1: jason anthony I don't know, some uh, British person. Sure, so,
0: sure. Um, so it probably played on TV. I'm guessing in the UK, but I'd never heard. Wait, about this is it thing. stop
1: motion or is it no? It's CGI. I think it's CGI. CGI. Looks like it
0: looks motion. bad. It looks really bad, and it's going to be bad. But you know, it's I Christmas, th- so think I I bring read Christmas read That
1: it ends with the pine being like destroyed or burned. No, it's <laughs> yeah. so sad. It's, well, if it's traumatic, Christmas like that, is I... over.
0: <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> <laughs> we should have watched this one. This would have been a fun time.
1: Yeah, and only 40 minutes. Well, you know what. As I'm sure, many Christmas specials are coming down the pike of Bay Street Video. <laughs> yeah. We will be revisiting. We, we'll, we'll pick some.
0: Anything that comes up on new release pre-orders that's like Christmas themed. I'm like, nah, right, whatever. What if Bring we did this in.
1: promise that in December, every blind bottle will be a we'll Christmas related. Oh, can we handle that? One? Can we?
0: Ha- <laughs> we could try. I- I'm down. You know what? On that note, actually, I forgot to mention Highway Hitcher is also a christmas movie
1: what it is
0: it takes place over christmas ah, got it to the list there's christmas stuff in the background yep. i mean it's not that christmas but yeah it's very much a christmas film
1: wait so the next two that are coming up uh you put the one that i thought you would have wanted to talk about the most next and then there's another one underneath well
0: the next one is eileen wernos american boogie woman oh no i <laughs> thought you a, would be
1: talking with excitement around
0: this title. well no but we kind of just talked about Ted sure. Bundy, American Boogeyman. I feel like this is kind of <laughs> the same decision because this is like the same movie. Yeah. Although it's not really the same movie because they try and play it like Eileen Wornos, who, of course, if you don't know, is the female serial killer that inspired Monster with Charlize Theron. So they try and do the same thing like what they do with Ted Bundy, setting it up like it's almost like a serial killer slasher type movie. But Eileen Wernos is not really Ted Bundy, you know. Like Ted Bundy was a crazy serial, like a crazy psycho who killed women indiscriminately all over the place. Eileen Wernos like had a horribly abusive childhood. Not that that excuses her killings or anything, but her killing was also somewhat out of like necessity a little bit at times. It's it's a bit of a a different serial killer story than Ted Bundy, but he still plays it like oh the making of a monster, Eileen. Daniel Firanz, you know, he does – brings the same kind of style. So no flair, no difference? It's the same kind. It's it's like he shot this back-to-back, I think, with Ted Bundy, right? You were so excited. I I was. I was. Not as fun as Ted Bundy, though. I I mean, it's hard to say that Ted Bundy is fun because it's (laughs) not. But at least Ted Bundy had Chad Michael Murray, like, really, like – Hamming it (laughs) up. Hamming it up. The actress here, Peyton List, who plays her, also hams it up. But she's not given enough, like – hammy stuff around her to play it like, so, out. i know. I so, I don't know. It was a little bit. I mean, I still, you know, I can't say I don't enjoy my Daniel Ferrand's trash, but this one was probably one of the weaker ones he's done. Mm. Unfortunate. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. It's okay.
1: So, coming up next, we have, and finally, Dash Cam. Dash Cam. Not the Tiff playing Dash Cam. No, not the. We will be able to discuss <laughs> when it comes out. If it comes out, is oh, that you... coming out? Bumhouse. It'll definitely be it dropped will, quietly right? on uh, a or something,
0: it's going to be on Shutter oh, at some point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dashcam—the you know the Tiff dashcam caused a stir for being. Did of, it cause a stir? I feel like no one cared. Maybe nobody cared, yeah. but you know it's kind of like an anti vaxxer shit show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's yeah, it's definitely you know catches your attention, I guess, somewhere. <sighs> but there's another movie called Dashcam that came out this year, and in an even weirder kind of twist, it's made by a guy named Christian Nielsen. Who, like how Rob Savage, who made the other dash cam, made Host during the pandemic, which was kind of like his Wait, did this guy
1: also make a movie called
0: Host? So do you remember um, when the pandemic first started and theaters were all closed? There was that oh! one
1: guy. He's the guy who rented the theater to be number He rented one. the
0: theater to play his movie, which was like a half hour movie called Unsubscribe, which I never really looked into at the time. But it's like the same thing as Host. It's, it's like a video chat thing where a bunch of people are like stalked over video chat. He like,
1: is like a I doppelganger.
0: I don't get it. Yeah. So he essentially made the same sort of movie as Rob Savage during the pandemic, got them big enough to make a second feature, which they've called the exact same thing, Dashcam. Now, this is a different story, whereas the Rob Savage dash cam is sort of like a Blair Witch Projecty type thing. This is kind of like a conversation blow-up or blowout uh, paranoia thriller about a news editor who basically is editing together a package about the death of, like, a congressman, I believe. And he gets this, like, um, body police body cam footage from the night this guy was shot that basically tells a different story. But he wasn't supposed to get it. He gets called being like, oh, you shouldn't look at that, like, delete that footage. And he's like, oh. Oh yeah, but he wants to he wants to basically become a news reporter himself. So he's like, well, oh, I'm gonna break this story myself. And it leads him down this thing where is he being watched and he's trying to figure it out? It's actually not bad. It's kind of interesting. It doesn't like totally land, it doesn't stick the landing. Um kind of yeah, flakes out a bit at the end. It's um produced by Larry Fessenden though, so and Larry Fessenden has a small role as the Congressman the guy. Stamp of shot. quality. Larry Fessenden. I Fittenden. love Larry Fessenden.
1: Honestly, if Larry Fessenden. He needs Fessenden, to make more movies. What's yeah, going
0: on, Larry? I know. Well, he hasn't done anything since his. I want to see that uh, toothless grin of his I know. Well, you can see him in this because he is in this movie <laughs> as the Congressman. Wait, does he have guy. his bridge, though? Or is it missing? Uh, he probably has his bridge. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, and he produced, so I guess he was taken enough with this guy's, you know, short pandemic era film. That's cool. It was cool. And gave him this, I mean, again, this is super low budget. It mostly takes place in this guy's apartment, uh, but it's, it's not like found footage, though, or anything. Oh, it's, it's not? Because no, it looks not. like found footage on the. No, bike. some of it's on the computer screen, like when he's making yeah. video calls to people, but largely it's just filmed with him in his apartment. And he does go out at one point because he finds there's like, oh, some evidence hidden somewhere. And, he, and it is very, you know, unlike, you know, the other Dash cam, which is, you know, flagrant about its um, vaccinate or its, or its, you know, <laughs> Listen, COVID. Uh,
1: the guy who made Rob Sabbath, he wanted to make a found footage film that would break the rules by having unlikable characters at the center of it. Which I'm all for. I'm all for. That's every
0: found footage movie. <laughs> but, you know, just this one gets under your skin. But, you know, this one, it definitely takes a different stance on the pandemic where the guy in this is very, like, he doesn't want to go out. Like, even when he does venture out at the end, he's, like, really, he, does, he has gloves on and masks. He's, like, scared to go out mm-hmm. and everything, which I thought was interesting, too. It just, like, reflected... The pandemic. How many pandemic or movies little. are we going to get? We're going to get lots. Yeah, you know, the pandemic <laughs> movies are not going to stop. and They, <laughs> they haven't even stop. started, I feel like. They it. haven't. No. They haven't. So you know what? I actually kind of enjoyed this. Yeah, I got a screener for it a couple months ago, and I was just like, oh, another movie called Dashcam? That's weird. I'll check it out. And it was okay. And now Gravitas Adventures is putting it out. Yeah, you know, it's a bare bones package as usual, but you know what? I would say check it out if you want a good like throwback paranoia type thriller.
1: What if they renamed Dashcam the Rob Savage film? Because that's not a good title, and it's they not very it? yeah to like anti vax. <laughs> yeah, I
0: know. You know what? That would actually probably yeah help get it more. Help right? it more. You know. You know. I think with the other Dashcam, all the the controversy, if you will, is probably exactly what they want. I feel like Jason Blum and Rob Savage are loving everybody like thinking their movie's horrible.
1: (laughs) I don't think so. I I think that when you put a movie out, you want people to like it and take it on. I think they just want people talking about it. But
0: they're not really, are they? They were at the time. Were they? I didn't see much. uh, I saw a lot of people talking about it at the time. Okay. Because there were a lot of critics that reviewed it that thought that, oh, he's making a satire. And like, this person is like, oh, this actress does a really good job playing an anti-vaxxer. And it's like, and then they realized after... No, it's yeah, that's it just is, a real, real anti vaxxer you know? <laughs> anyway, we don't want to get into that. Anyways, we'll that's a whole – we'll talk about Dashcam, other Dashcam on the Times, right? But, you know, I wanted to bring this one up because I feel like it's definitely going to get lost in the mix because it's got the same title, like the same kind of, like, Genesis almost. Mm-hmm.
1: But it's not bad. It's not a bad little thriller. So uh, pretty anemic week. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry.
0: We are missing so much stuff. But you'll this get so stuff much stuff next not- week, right?
1: <laughs> Maybe not. Might give me a look as we had a
0: conversation before we started recording. No. Yeah. You guys looking forward to that Once Upon a Time in China set? It well, won't be here. <laughs> Keep waiting. You no, know most disappointed is still not here. Nothing but trouble. Where is nothing? Trouble? nothing but trouble? We've got That's another show factory. we got other show. Fa- oh, there is one show factory coming in next week. Which what time. is it? I won't say. Oh, so, t- what? Because I'm definitely going to talk about it next week. <laughs> okay. It's so we'll not Nothing that. But Trouble. Whenever Nothing But Trouble drops, it's going to be like... A <laughs> Is it Explorers? Are you finally going to get Explorers? Explor- no. It's a new one. It's not like a long-delayed one.
1: Didn't Explorers come out um, like a months May? ago? <laughs> <Yeah>. In May? In <laughs> May? I just never got
0: it. We still don't have it. We still don't have The Dead Zone. That came out in July. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, it's brutal. Well, the
1: phone's ringing off the hook, so yeah. you have to go. It's like, that's,
0: that's Explorers, The Dead Zone. Zone and nothing but trouble, those are the three that just won't come. I in. hope
1: nothing but trouble comes. <laughs>
0: nothing but I've been waiting to buy that for years, years on Blu ray for this thing. All
1: right, so until <laughs> next week, my name is Justin Clue and I'm Mark Hansen. Keep on buying, keep on renting. Nothing but trouble when it comes
0: in. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.
1: <laughs> but trouble, please.